Switzerland doesn't have a national innovation plan or a strategy because wow. we believe it's not up to the government to innovate. It's up to the private sector and civil society to innovate. So it's a different, very different mindset. And, and I truly think blockchain is a transformative power of, of this century. So it, it's so much more than just the technology and, and it's especially much more than just cryptocurrencies. Right? A big task that we have to do is, is to educate everybody. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. what we try to do. Because in the end, I think it can bring more benefits and, and it can bring harm to established systems. Texas Global, sparking innovative thoughts. Sonika, hello and welcome to another episode of Texas Global Podcast. I'm Chawarat Yong Jiranona Pupei, the global content editor of Texas Media. Today we're going to talk about a country that everybody pretty much knows in terms of you know, their chocolate, <laughs> their good weather. But let's talk about innovation. We're talking about Switzerland. And we're so privileged indeed today to have with us Your Excellency or Her Excellency, Mrs. Helen Budleger Artieda, the Ambassador of Switzerland to the Kingdom of Thailand, the Kingdom of Cambodia, and the Lao People's Democratic Republic, along with Mr. Matthias Rook, the co-founder, CEO, board member of CVVC or Crypto Valley Venture Capital. Hello, Sariha. Hello. I'm so happy actually to be able to talk to you face-to-face -face, actually for those who are listening, because we are at the uh, embassy here in Bangkok. Uh, first off, uh, I'd like to ask, how has Switzerland supported innovation over the past years? Thank you very much, Savadika. It's also a great honor for me to be uh, with your listeners. It's not every day that I do a podcast as uh, <laughs> ambassador. Well, listen, why Switzerland so successful? It's uh, If it would be a cooking recipe, I'd gladly share it with you. Huh? But unfortunately, <laughs> it's not something that you can take out of the drawer and just do copy-paste and then uh, it will work for any other country. Switzerland, actually, if you dial back, has been uh, the poor house of of Europe 150 years ago. If you look at Switzerland, it's a small country, geopolitically well located in the heart of, of Europe, but mountainous, uh, uh, very difficult uh, to do farming or anything. And so Switzerland, we had to be innovative and we had to uh, also, because we don't have much land or anything, we had to really compete on quality and, and innovation. That there was no other way for Switzerland uh, to succeed. And it's a combination of things. I think we have a very stable political uh, system in our country. It's very unique. You will not find a system like ours anywhere else. And it's based on direct democracy and it's heavily decentralized. We have a great education system. Again, uh, we have something which is quite unique, which, which we share with other German-speaking countries. Not everybody goes to university in Switzerland. We have a very developed uh, TVET, Technical Vocational Educational Training, Apprenticeship System. So uh, two-thirds of young Swiss actually prefer to start off in life with a TVET uh, education and only 30% go to uh, 
to university. So that makes us very practical, very applied science, very pragmatic. And since, as I said, we have no natural resources aside from water, not much land, uh, uh, we, we had to really bet on, uh, on research. You will see that Swiss companies, no matter if they're large or mm -hmm. small, they uh, invest a lot of money in research and, 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 and education. And I think that the combination of a lot of things have uh, propelled us to be voted the most often, huh? the most innovative, and just recently again, the most competitive country uh, in the world. There was no other way. Otherwise, I think it would still be the poor house of Europe. After listening to you, I feel like us Thais are very lazy. <laughs> no, that's not no, no, uh, just, just You are very blessed, no, actually. Very, no, I'm just Very saying, blessed. Uh, uh, I mean, definitely, I'm, I mean, in a good sense. That, you know, we, 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 we seek to learn always there's these stories about, you know, countries such as yours where you, with limited resources, you're able to innovate. And I think a lot of times we take for granted if you're like, for example, in Thailand or Southeast Asia where, um, there's a lot of resources, but, uh, you know, we're still beginning there. Uh, Mr. Matthias, uh, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, the, the ecosystem in Switzerland and you ourselves uh, are in it, right? How has it been built over the years? <clears throat> First, thank you very much for um, for having us here on Texas. Very happy to be here. Um, yes, we have been we have been some call us the founding fathers of the Crypto Valley ecosystem. So Crypto Valley is a term coined in 2016, if I'm not mistaken, by the early pioneers in, in Switzerland. So that it's not a valley, right? So it's just it's just a mindset basically that is focused on the potential of blockchain. And um, you have to go back to 2013 when you look at the history of, of Crypto Valley, because in 2013, the team that um, founded and built the second generation blockchain called Ethereum settled down in Zug, Switzerland, a very small city uh, at the heart of, of Switzerland, where they actually finished what they were planning and launched the now very large blockchain called um, Ethereum. And that had a strong effect on many, many projects uh, all over the world. In the very early days of Crypto Valley, 2016, 2017, thousands of projects from all over the world came to Switzerland. And interestingly enough, the Asian countries were the first ones that came to, um, to Switzerland. And what they wanted to do is they wanted to set up shop in Switzerland and to launch their ICOs, their uh, crypto-based crowdfunding uh, events. So that was initially the the the, uh, the, the first um, uh, uh, happenings that, that made Crypto Valley. But of course, it goes back uh, also to the role of the government, which was very important. And it also happened in 2013, the first time that the Swiss government um, answered a motion in the Swiss parliament when someone asked, how do you treat virtual currencies? And what they meant is, how do you treat Bitcoin, right, from a tax perspective? And the answer was, it's a foreign currency, which meant zero tax in Switzerland. Mm. And that was important, of course, uh, at the very beginning. Um, but then eventually network effects uh, kicked in and, and the, the regulator kept on communicating to the space. Switzerland or the regulator of Switzerland was also the one that came up with the categorization of tokens asset tokens, payment tokens, and um, utility tokens, which meant legal uh, certainty, legal clarity, right? And which meant if you have a business and if you are compliant with the Swiss law, 
you can set up shop and run your business out of Switzerland. And that kicked things off today. Uh, the Swiss blockchain ecosystem is the largest in the world. It's over 6,000 employees working in over 1,200 companies that have blockchain at their core activities. And the market cap of the companies that are based out of Switzerland is over half a trillion US dollars. To put that in perspective, it's roughly a third of the traditional industry in Switzerland. So mm. in six years, an, in, an industry was created that is a third of the traditional size uh, of the traditional uh, industry size, which is quite remarkable in my opinion. Remarkable indeed, Your Excellency. You, you from from what you've talked just a minute ago, you, we can definitely see how integrated you know it is in your society and your culture in supporting such a. Um, uh, innovative uh, environment. Can you give us a little bit more about uh, uh, the legal framework as to how it works alongside with the, the tech industry? Sure. So maybe also on the ecosystem, I think what works well, and it's always a challenge. Huh? And even here at the embassy, I feel this challenge. I think uh, in Switzerland, private sector and government and academia research, we really work closely together. We're a small country, huh? 8.5 million people living in Switzerland. We have a very slim administration because in Switzerland we believe that uh, a government should only really take care of what government really needs to take care, mm. and the rest we gladly leave to the mm -hmm. uh, to the to the uh, private sector. So we we don't have, for example, Switzerland doesn't have a national innovation plan or a strategy because wow. we believe it's not up to the government to innovate. It's up to the private sector and civil <laughs> really? society to innovate. So it's a different, very different mindset. Uh, and, and that's why uh, there's always, uh, you know, no, 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 not too big of a government, which then uh, tends to regulate or over-regulate. So I think that spirit is, uh, is, is really absolutely key. Now, with blockchain, of course, uh, there is a, um, at the beginning at least, or, or cryptocurrency, you know, people like me, you don't really understand from the get-go huh, what mm. the value behind the cryptocurrency is. So I think it, there, it was important that Switzerland very all early on regulated, but regulated, in, as I said, in a typical Swiss way, didn't overdo it, huh, didn't create uh, tons and tons and tons of new text. Uh, you can actually go into that mm -hmm. afterwards because he knows it more into detail. So I think that the Swiss early on regulated that gave certainty uh, to, to investors, especially also the, let's say, more traditional uh, investors. And I think also those that wanted to come from abroad, to, you know, making sure that the Swiss position was clear to them, mm. but at the same time, we didn't overdo it uh, because it's it's important that you do not overregulate a space where you actually, as government, don't even understand what the full potential of blockchain uh, is going to be. And if you so, so I think it was that sweet spot between mm. giving security uh, to those that needed it, but not overdoing it. So leaving a bit of space so that business uh, can can flourish. Switzerland has a tradition of, of um, um, uh, principle-based regulation, which means it's technology neutral and it's also industry neutral, right? Mm -hmm. um, now, when we go back into 2016-17, um, when you have innovation, you know, um, um, regulation is also always driven by uh, 
uh, innovation. So innovation comes first and then the regulator tries to regulate what innovation brought uh, to the table, right? So they're always behind uh, uh, and, and, you know, they kind of need to clean up and, and that's a hard job, yeah? So what you want to have in this situation is a smart regulation and not a dumb regulation, which in the end could mean that you kill off all innovation activities, right? Mm. So our goal, and that's why we consulted the Swiss government, was to come up with a smart um, regulation that would foster innovation. And I think Switzerland did an excellent job in, 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 in just doing small amendments. Just to give you some, some details, the changes uh, in the Swiss law are in three areas. The first one is in the civil code where um, the, the, the legislation was changed to introduce the token. So that's mm -hmm. only one sentence in the civil code that is describing what a token is in, in our own words, which means that every business that is based on blockchain or tokens is legal in Switzerland. So Switzerland is actually today the only jurisdiction where you can have a digital share register and digital shares where you don't need a traditional setup. You can have it fully digitized. Um, the second area was um, in, in the financial, in the bankruptcy law, where you can segregate assets. That's important for banks that want to be active in the space. And the third one was they introduced a new law for trading, the DLT trading license. Because in blockchain, the trade is the settlement, so you can have a simpler uh, uh, regulation framework for that. So it's not from, from I, I, I'm of course, from outside and, and, and I'm not a professional, in, in the field, but are you saying that it's not a separate set of like regulations, but it's like integrated? Exactly. So mm. other jurisdictions came up with a fully fledged blockchain act, right? Liechtenstein, uh, Estonia, uh, others like Gibraltar and Malta, they came up with fully fledged blockchain acts. And Switzerland took a different path. It took them a bit longer, right? But they only changed some uh, aspects of the law so that you can base on the existing framework, which makes it very effective in the end. And, and I think it was a smart way. I'm not saying everything is perfect, right? But it makes it, it usable. You can use it, you can work with it, and it, it's, it's sustainable, you know? I think Switzerland, with this framework, is probably the most progressive in the world, and it means you can base on it. If it, it, I mean, it comes at the cost. Switzerland is not cheap if you want to build up uh, a business, but it can be sustainable and, and you know, um, can run for a long time. I think that's brilliant uh, because uh, it definitely innovation is something new and it's like you can't use the old tools that you have. And I love the fact that you have embraced it and, and integrated it instead of just saying, oh, you know, just push it on to another island, uh, you know, and, and separately, you know, manage it. Um, then when you talk about the case studies that we can learn from Switzerland, mm -hmm. because I'm sure listeners who are listening are very excited to find out. Um, from what you've done so far. Can you share with us, a, with us a bit in terms of what are the successful case studies you've had? I think that's your area I, of expertise. Sure, no, I can. So, <laughs> so um, we invest in, in uh, the blockchain space, right? So, so with CVVC, we, we invest in, in startups that build based on blockchain technology. So not in the cryptocurrency, but in founders, in founder teams that use the technology to create applications and services based on the technology. It's different to others that invest in listed tokens on, on exchanges. So we know all the founders and we know what they're doing. And maybe um, just to give you the broader picture in Switzerland, what happened in the early days before there was regulation is people saw the opportunity. So there was a company called Crypto Finance that was recently bought by Deutsche Börse Group, the, the German uh, stock exchange, and they focused on areas of 
custody, digital custody, um, asset management, uh, uh, funds for digital assets. Very early on, that was their focus, right? And another company called Bitcoin Swiss, they were focusing on brokerage, uh, fiat in, uh, crypto out, right? So how can I get access to this ecosystem? One of the very successful companies in, in Switzerland. And it took only uh, two years um, um, after the, the initial um, at the initiation of the Crypto Valley in 2019, uh, the Swiss regulator gave out two licenses to crypto banks, so-called crypto banks. So there were two banks, Signum and Seba, that are based on crypto uh, when, they, when it comes to their banking activities. So that's, that's pretty outstanding. They were also the first in the, in the whole world to, um, to be such banks. Now, when you look into use cases, um, for, for startups, and, and the startups are, of course, at the forefront of innovation. They try new things, right? You can see in our deal flow that roughly two-thirds of the use cases are in the fi uh, financial sector. Uh, mm -hmm. Why? Because initially the use case of blockchain, the first use case was Bitcoin, is transaction-based, right? So mm -hmm. this, is, this is where you see the most uh, uh, projects. But actually, you can see in every sector, you can see innovation. Mm -hmm. So from supply chain to energy, um, pro productivity gain, media, and um, in every uh, sector, you can see um, uh, use cases. Our, our startups, just to give you two examples, so one startup is, is in Germany, where Stuttgart, where uh, famous cars come from. Um, what they do is they combine blockchain with IoT technology. So let's fast forward five, 10 years. My Tesla is driving autonomously, is mm -hmm. involved in an accident. The Tesla will have to prove to the insurance company that the latest software update was installed on the, uh, the device, right? So the, the company, the startup called Ashwin, they check if the latest software is installed. If not, they will update it and they will put a timestamp on the blockchain with the version number that is immutable, that is transparent. And so, so they can prove to the um, uh, insurance company that they had installed the latest software update. Yeah, that's exciting. And, and I think, uh, sorry, uh, your ambassador, uh, uh, your excellency, I was thinking, yeah, definitely there's a misconception by the, the popular, the, the majority of people around the world that, you know, blockchain is just linked to like crypto, but actually it's, it's a, applicable to a lot of range of things. Your excellency, you wanted to say something? Yes, I'm actually excited about the transparency part. Huh? Uh, I've mm -hmm. seen, I've been privileged that I've seen some of your uh, startups and I see great potential in, you know, globalization has, has, has made the world very complicated. As a consumer, I want to be uh, more healthy. I want to buy more sustainable food. I want to potentially support uh, the farmer and uh, I go to the supermarket, I'm told this is uh uh, this and that, but I have actually no proof as a consumer to really understand if this orange is coming from sad farm in sad mm -hmm. country mm -hmm. and that it's actually bio and, and so on and so on. Uh, I see a, a, a potential in food traceability. Then another project uh, of yours, which I really liked because I like to I don't have time to do volunteer work, but so I do donate money. Mm -hmm. But of course, like many of us, I'm very keen to make sure that this money goes right to whom I intend uh, to give that money. And uh, and I saw a really fascinating solution uh, with with your company, uh, where somebody sort of you know tracing how huh, that that the money really ends up in that vaccination program. I would like to support in Ethiopia uh, for for children. So. 
for me, it's it's the sort of the, the good governance, the, the transparency, which makes it uh, very exciting. So that's maybe reason number one why I'm happy to have uh, this conversation here in Thailand. And then I think in... Uh, it, it, before I was ambassador to in Southern Africa, and there often uh, often um, uh, startups they had difficulties to sort of some reason they were hitting a glass ceiling, and I think blockchain can really sort of globalize your uh, your business to a certain extent because of the ecosystem. You can easily get in touch with people uh, globally thanks to to efforts. Uh, Zug has really become this uh, this meeting point. Uh, for people who want to sort of give back to communities and and do the right thing and uh, i think that there's a potential here in southeast asia uh, to sort of uh, globalize the efforts as well and so that's maybe the second reason why i'm very excited yes definitely uh, but you know uh just just taking a look at the challenges of course you know with, with good things there's always uh challenges you you said yourself uh, mr matthias that like uh Definitely, it hasn't been a smooth journey in terms of uh, implementing regulations and, and whatnot. Um, what are the biggest challenges that you know blockchain uh, on blockchain in terms of mass adoption of cryptocurrency that we've seen so far, and, and how have we overcome them? <clears throat> that that is almost a f also a philosophical question, and 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 you can touch on many different aspects uh, with regard to that. Um, uh, I think. When it comes to the power of blockchain, and, and I truly think blockchain is a transformative power of, of this century. So it, it's so much more than just the technology, and, and it's especially much more than just cryptocurrencies, right? And, and especially when we went to South Africa and, and you would have a diverse audience from people that understand the technology and some that don't and people that were just interested, it resonates with almost uh, anybody or everybody basically, right? So the, the developer would understand I have easy access to the technology and I can build something, whereas uh, uh, someone living remotely can see the potential to get internet access or to get financial inclusion and, and get a bank a banking account in some way to to be able to participate in that system or someone sees the potential to revolutionize the voting process in the country, right? So it's, it's so much more. Uh, but at the same time, because of this transformative power, it has the ability to change, to shift power, right? And to, to um, uh, take power away from centralized forces mm, and decentralize yes. everything. Yes. And I think this, this is, is, is a power that is um, um, uh, um, putting pressure on established systems, on many different forms of established systems. And in, in the very case of, of digital money and, and crypto, for many countries, cryptocurrency question the authority over money. And this is probably the main discussion that is happening now in governments around the world. What happens um, if we would lose control over the uh, local currency, the local money, with a cryptocurrency that is controlled by nobody, but accessible by anybody or everybody in the world? And um, uh, I think this just brings uh, a lot of misunderstanding in this space. So uh, a lot, a lot, um, a big task that we have to do is, is to educate everybody. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. what we try to do. Because in the end, I think it can bring more benefits than and it can bring harm to established systems. Your Excellency, how has Switzerland uh, approached this this issue, like in terms of, um, you know, the, 
it being more decentralized. So for Switzerland, that's not a problem because mm. we are a highly decentralized uh, country. <laughs> uh, so we, if you have to see uh, education system in Switzerland is decentralized at provincial level. Policing, security is decentralized. And as I said, uh, we have, we have uh, a at-base liberal understanding of what government's role is. So government shouldn't be uh, present in each and every uh, fact of life in, in our citizens. So I think with that, uh, as a country, I think we're very comfortable with highly decentralized solutions. I've not spoken to our, the governor of the, of the Bank of Switzerland, of the national bank. He might have a, the ones in charge of money that they might have a, mm -hmm. a different sentiment. But as a concept for Switzerland, it's, it's really no issue. Mm, that's great. Um, then uh, just a little bit more in terms of some terms that, you know, listeners might not be familiar with the Crypto Valley ecosystem. Can you tell us about that? Yes, <clears throat> I'm happy to. So, as I said, it, 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 it is evolved in the past five to six years. Um, uh, it's, it's a very big, it has grown to a, to a big ecosystem. Um, and it's, it's mainly driven by the jurisdiction and its legal framework and uh, other pillars of a successful startup. It's a startup and venture ecosystem in the end, right? You need four pillars to have a successful ecosystem. There, there's many in the US, in, 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 in Silicon Valley. There's many here in Asia, of course, Singapore, uh, China as well, right? So it's, it's, it's four pillars that you need. First, you need uh, talent. So you need, you need the, the great projects, the ideas, the pioneers. Normally, that's pillar one. Money follows if you have that. So capital, that will be pillar number two. But then you need an infrastructure. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to cater to the needs of, of, of th these pioneers. You need academia, service providers. You may maybe need a basis technology. Uh, you need, you need um, um, access to developers uh, that can develop the solutions. And then the, the fourth pillar, as I said, very important is a supportive government and, and this legal framework. If you have all of that, it still takes work, right? But, but you will attract more projects and you will be able to, to, um, to flourish uh, in this space. And that happened in Switzerland. I actually truly believe that you can build something like that elsewhere. And this mm. is uh, actually our mission right now with CVVC. Our goal is to bring the idea and the concept of Crypto Valley to other regions. We've done it successfully, or we are about to do it successfully in, in, in Africa, thanks to Helen, who introduced us to South Africa in, uh, in 2019. And we are launching now. So we are kind of replicating the Swiss model in Africa right now with a hub, with co-working spaces and incubation programs, advisory, and also with capital structures to invest in the startups locally. And we are here to try to find out whether it could be done in Southeast Asia as well. And if we could place the hub here in Thailand. Uh, uh, at what stage are we are now, Your Excellency, in terms of, you know, yeah, uh, it's very so early stage. Very so stage. it's uh, me talking to Matthias, please come to Bangkok and mm -hmm. I'll arrange uh, a number of good meetings for you. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's uh, really, really early on. Personally, I believe Bangkok has, uh, or Thailand has everything, uh, that you're looking for, huh? And that's why I also knocked on his door. And, you know, my motivation is, of course, uh, I know that uh, Thai people love and adore Switzerland and the feeling is mutual. Uh, 
so Swiss people love to come to Thailand. But often in Thailand, uh, the Thai people only know about the more traditional values of Switzerland or that traditional image of, uh, as you mentioned, the chocolate and the mountains and, and, and so on and so on. But Switzerland is a, is a high-tech country. And, uh, and as I explained, we had to move to become a knowledge, uh, knowledge economy. Uh, so where we could not compete on price or, or mass, uh, manufacturing or, or anything like that. So, uh, and, uh, and it's, it's, you know, now that we're facing 4.0 industries where knowledge actually becomes much more, uh, powerful and also much more worth than uh, than having facilities mm -hmm. uh, you know in the value chain I think the knowledge and IP and so on becomes much more much more important I, I would be excited if we could sort of build a bridge between Bangkok and uh, Souk. Souk being this small idyllic yeah. uh, little town <laughs> <laughs> and Bangkok of, of course being uh, one of the hubs of uh, Southeast Asia with, with great uh, access, great potential access to a huge uh, growth market. So, We're excited, yeah. So maybe excited. really as a shout yeah, out to the local ecosystem here, yeah. I'm really trying to learn about the ecosystem. So Helen helps me a lot with, you know, meeting the incumbents and large conglomerates and associations and startups as well. But what I really would like to see is how does the startup ecosystem look like in crypto and blockchain here? So mm. please reach out to us, cbvc.com. We, we can invest in Thai startups with our global program already, right? Mm. The goal would be to find out if the potential here is big enough to run on-site programs and to have structures here. So please reach out to us. Oh my goodness, it's so exciting. One of the things that uh, uh, you, you've been uh, known for is the Swiss Blockchain Federation. I think we kind of kind of teased it a bit in our, earlier in our conversation. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? So then, no, we, we can, we, what we can learn from it. Yes, Helen already said it. I think that this is another uh, example of a public-private partnership, right? And, and if you want to sustainably develop a sector, I, I, there's no way around to, to include all stakeholders. And that's why I'm so fond of these public-private partnership models. And, and if they're well done, they can, they can lead to establishing ecosystems in Africa, which is nothing else than a public-private partnership with the State Secretariat of Economic Affairs in Africa, right? Mm -hmm. And it, the Blockchain Federation emerged out of the Blockchain Task Force. So we were lucky in the early days in 2017 to have two federal councillors, like ministers in other countries, that were fond of the development and that wanted to learn what is the potential of blockchain and they came to crypto valley and they learned about that ecosystem and they became supporters and they supported this blockchain task force initially and you know when we did our initial work we, we did a report and and we made some suggestions with regard to the legal framework they uh the the, the governments approached us and said can you not stop can you go on you should continue with this amount of expertise that you have and then we said, yes, but we'll have to have a new structure. And we came up with the Blockchain Federation, which is including the cantons in Switzerland. So the provinces, the provinces, mm -hmm. right? They support, they also finance uh, uh, this um, uh, association, the federation. Uh, there's politicians involved. There's, of course, the startup mm -hmm. ecosystem involved. Mm -hmm. The incumbents are involved. And only together you can actually develop that and, and further, further develop the ecosystem. We are active in three areas. Number one is the regulatory um, uh, area. Number two is um, uh, networking. So we connect the, the various stakeholders. And number three is innovation, where we do hackathons and incubation in Switzerland, um, all to foster the, this, this, um, this ecosystem. 
Oh, exciting. Um, it, what, what, in terms of the, the uses and benefits of the digital assets when it comes to the uh, digital assets investor universe, what, what are they? Um, you, I mean, it, for us, when investors approach us, you know, normally the, the initial contact with the space is probably Bitcoin for many people, right? So they heard of Bitcoin and they look into Bitcoin, what is it? And you might, you might find it good or bad, whatever, but that's maybe the first touch point. And then they, they are more interested. And so what's the technology behind it? And they want to learn more. And then you have different sorts of uh, strategies. Uh, I think in, in early markets, it's probably always wise to, to diverse a bit, to have a, a diversified portfolio if you want to invest and digital assets are uh, investment uh, instruments. Um, and then you need to take a closer look. You know, you can you can uh, look at the token universe yourself and try to to you know to come to an elaborate uh, or a sophisticated understanding of what these tokens can do or can't do, right? And I think you should be very well informed in 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 what you invest before you invest. And that's the maybe also one of the problems with the space is the access is very easy. You can easily access in and invest into this space. So that's also why regulators globally are probably concerned. But then there's also on the regulated side of things, uh, uh, products like index, like funds um, that are uh, regulated. So in Switzerland, you have many different uh, providers of um, FTEs and, and uh, products that combine many different assets in one product that are regulated. So that would be one end. If you then are even more interested and want to invest in the companies that build, so private equity, venture capital, you will find out that there is not much available, right? You could pick the startups or the companies yourself, but then again, you'd have to educate yourself and look deeply into the sector. Maybe not everybody can do that. Or you go with specialized VCs such as us, where you have a portfolio approach and you can invest with us in our portfolio. So that's probably the universe today. Um, if we uh, take a, a glimpse uh, in, in the future, so we are looking uh, or we are anticipating the, the next development of digital assets, which will be real um, uh, innovations and, and um, kind of uh, the, the whole tokenized uh, asset world where we're not there where we should be. And it's also lacking of regulation. There is no secondary markets for these security tokens yet, but I think that will be the next step where we'll have truly new products, um, digital products, uh, you know, with included revenue streams, um, directly connected with the potential of the blockchain technology, wow. but we're not there yet. There's so much potential, um, Your Excellency, and uh, the what you've done so far in terms of, you know, in South Africa and now with your mission here. Um, what overall is your expectation so far? Oh, I'm very, I'm a very pragmatic and very concrete person. So <laughs> Matthias know what my expectation is. I want him to open up uh, an incubator <laughs> here. I want him to find the perfect uh, partner in Thailand and uh, just uh, make sure that he joins the Swiss family here in uh, in Thailand, which already we have a very good footprint, but uh, I, I definitely think that we're missing uh, that blockchain element uh, in all the companies 
companies that are active here uh, in Thailand. So that are uh, very concrete goals. So not, not, not what you usually might think ambassadors, just blah, 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 talking, <laughs> talking, talking. No, no, I, 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 and he knows that. So I, the fact that he's here, I think he understands what my expectations are. But of course, uh, as it is in Switzerland, it's not government that dictates. It's of course business. And uh, he needs to find the good business case here in, in Thailand. Well, with that, let's ask you, Matthias, you're here already. So what, what, so I know it's too early in the game to ask, but I mean, how do you feel? How do you feel about so it? So we were in a meeting today with EEC and um, uh, the secretary in general said something very interesting. He said that Thailand is probably not leading in technology, but they're leading in implementing technology. And I think that's a very wise take in this very early stage of this technology. You don't need to be the first, but very early days still and uh, you know everything that we are using today is not yet finished it's not yet built out right it's it's still not in an experimental phase so i think that's that's the good strategy and the potential is huge and what i've learned so far it's only been two days it feels like two weeks that i've been here is very promising i have to be honest so we're really looking into into finding the right partners with us we can't do it by ourselves here. So we're looking for partners that invest with us, invest in us in order to establish or build out the ecosystem here. We're definitely excited to hear that. And of course, Texas as well wants to help support you. And uh, for those listening who are interested, you can always uh, contact us on our website. Uh, lastly, Your Excellency, um, if we could take away something, you know, what would you like listeners to take away from our conversation today? Uh, that it's worthwhile uh, to look at new things, although it might sound scary. You know, to me, I really do not understand blockchain. Uh, but he, he told me, well, it's like internet. You use internet, but you don't understand how it works. You just have to understand how you can use uh, blockchain. I'm getting there. But so what I'm trying to say, it's, it's, it's don't give up easily, although you don't understand something, really explore. And I think that has been the Swiss way. And uh, yeah, so I think that uh, don't give up, explore, find new opportunities and, uh, and fight for it. Wow. Thank you so much to both of you for helping us at the embassy today. And we're so excited to see more from Switzerland and what's to come. Thank you so much. And this has been yet another episode of Texas Global Podcast. See you next time. Sadiqa. Sadiqa. Thank you. Sauce, sparking innovative thoughts.